Question for you. Have you ever thought, I need to balance my blood sugar? I doubt it, right? However, when we get pregnant, our doctor tells us we have to have the glucose test and all of a sudden, anxiety sets in. We want to pass that test. What if we don't? What does it mean? And how can we make changes now? Well, the good news is you can make changes today, whether or not you are pregnant. And something like balancing your blood sugar does affect your entire life. So today we're going to cover things like what does a glucose test involve? How can we prepare for it and recover from it right afterwards? What does it mean if we do get that positive gestational diabetes result? And what can we do before we get pregnant to balance our blood sugar? Today's expert, Katie Dewhurst, struggled herself with her health and nutrition and ended up discovering that by balancing her blood sugar, she felt better than ever. Feeling so empowered to learn more, she went back to school for functional medicine, female health, and the science of blood sugar to learn more and help others like you today. She is now a functional medicine health coach, nutritionist, and the founder of Hello Balance, which is a digital resource and a cookbook. At the end of the episode, she will also share her fabulous Hello Baby prenatal nutrition course with us. Now, Katie is a mama in training as well, but her personal health experience and the work that she's done with her clients will teach us how we can best support our body's blood sugar levels prior to pregnancy. And if you're already pregnant or you just had a baby, no worries. You can also make changes today. If we are future or expecting mamas, we will feel more calm going into our pregnancy and taking that glucose test, knowing that we've already taken the steps to regulate our blood sugar. You're listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting first-time mamas guidance and community for moms who've been there. I am your host, Jessica Lorian, but I am not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey into motherhood, so I made it my mission while I heal my body to learn with you all about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible. And if we have the opportunity, prepare our bodies before pregnancy for something like a glucose test. Doing this work ahead of time will give us peace of mind. And if we do test positive for gestational diabetes, we'll have knowledge of how to move forward without stress and instead manage our blood pressure throughout our pregnancy. Here's today's guest, Katie, giving an example of how one of her clients worked within their diet restrictions and their preferences to begin to balance her blood sugar. Oh, and before we begin, Make sure to stay through the very end of this episode to hear about an amazing giveaway that Katie is offering our listeners for this first week. It's only running for this first week, and you do not want to miss the opportunity. Here's Katie. One of my first clients was a vegetarian, and she was really fearful of eggs and dairy because she was reading online about different foodborne illnesses. And I think the internet perpetuates so much fear for women. And I've also had clients, like I was saying with PCOS, that they get this message over and over again that it's gonna be hard for them to get pregnant. And that's not always necessarily the case. A lot of times, if we can tackle 
the root cause and we look under the hood, we get some lab work done, and we really start to understand what's going on personally for you and your body, we can start to make changes to your diet and lifestyle that help support your fertility and ultimately help support a really healthy pregnancy. My client that was vegetarian since she was in high school, she she really was fearful around eating different foods. And so that's where education really helps. And I just try to educate my clients. I always honor their personal choice and what is going to be right for them. But whether it's being a little bit more flexible during pregnancy and learning about how eggs really aren't a concern when it comes to foodborne illnesses, they're going to be one of the most nutrient-dense sources of foods for vegetarians because they're packed with choline, all of your B vitamins, your healthy fats, your proteins. Once that education starts happening, they can start to feel really confident and feel really good about the choices they're making. And I think for everyone, it's really about making choices that feel aligned with them. And I always just try to come from a science-backed, how do we make your diet the most nutrient-dense we can Mm -hmm. in a way that feels aligned and good for you. So for her, once that education happened, she felt really good about having eggs and including fish a few times a week because she was open to that. And even adding some high-quality, organic, grass-fed dairy to her salads. And then we can, of course, supplement for different things that she might not be getting enough of like iron for example was really important for her supplement protocol that we developed for her so it's very personal but there's always a way to make it work for you and it's really just about honoring your body and honoring the current science and what it's telling us so in that realm of education and educating our listeners can we just start a little bit from the basics and i even have this question like high blood sugar diabetes gestational diabetes How is it all connected and what does it all mean? Something that every woman really wants to start to learn about because it's not only important for fertility and pregnancy, but it's going to make you feel so much better. And when I learned about the science of blood sugar balance, that was really the unlock for me about intuitive eating and understanding, okay, this is what my body needs from a biological perspective. If I eat these foods, I feel great. I can eat intuitively and I never have to diet again. And I'm really growing up, there was just so much diet perpetuating social and cultural norms. And I was just over it. (laughs) None of the diets even worked. So for me, blood sugar balance is something that's going to promote your overall health, your overall energy, performance, fertility, and pregnancy. So it's great for every woman to learn about. But going back to like the basics, blood sugar 101, it really is about understanding, okay, what foods are going to lead to a blood sugar spike and what foods are going to elongate and balance my blood sugar. And then we can start to play with different meals and adding things to your plate that help balance and elongate your blood sugar in a way that tastes delicious to you. So it's not about deprivation at all. And this is going to support egg health. It's going to support pregnancy, and it's going to minimize your risk of developing gestational diabetes, PCOS, prediabetes, et cetera. The foundations are pretty easy, to be honest. It's not like (laughs) something crazy that you have to 
figure out. It's not like we have to start weighing our food or calculating anything. It's really about adding more protein, healthy fat, and fiber to your plate. Once you do that, then you have a little bit of room to play with maybe some carbohydrates. I like to call them the cherry on top. So if you think about building a bowl, instead of making rice or pasta the base, I like to think of it as, okay, let's put some non-starchy veggies as the base. Then we add some healthy protein, some high quality protein. And then we're going to be adding some healthy fats on top. And if we want to have, you know, a great piece of sourdough bread on the side, or we want to have maybe a cookie for dessert, that's kind of the cherry on top for me. Mm. And I don't think that needs to happen at every meal. But when you start eating in this way, you start realizing how satisfying it Mm is. And so it becomes, for me at least, and for my clients, we all really saw results and it felt very intuitive. Mm. So something like glucose testing and the fear of gestational diabetes and everything that goes with all of that, this is something that I think there's a lot of stress around it that's not talked about frequently. I think it's one of those things that maybe we don't even think about and then all of a sudden we have to get this test done and there's anxiety of what what if this is going to happen. But it's almost as if at that point, it could be a little too late. So before we dive into glucose testing, what that is, how we can really prepare for that, what are some just general easy swaps that anybody can make, no matter whether they're a seasoned mama or a mama in training, but what are maybe, you know, you you explained kind of how to build our bowl, but are there things that you typically see that happen frequently that we can just either swap out or think of differently? Yeah, definitely. And I think you hit the nail on the head about it is too late sometimes when I think the conventional medical model and just women going through the system with their doctors, it's all about just diagnosing and then treating. And we want to be preventative and we want to optimize your health before you even get pregnant. That's my goal for my course members and my clients is how do we start to optimize everything ahead of time because we know that can make a huge difference and we can be preventative for any sort of risk factor. So little swaps you can make. We kind of want to start pulling some of the more inflammatory foods out and replacing those with more nutrient-dense foods. In the months leading up to even trying to conceive, it's a good idea to start thinking about building your nutrient bank is what I Mm. call it because Our bodies are so amazing and they have this ability to store nutrients. So this is a good time to start making those little swaps like you're talking about and adding more nutrient-dense foods to your diet. So for example, if you're a meat eater and you do ground beef tacos once a week, you could look for a brand called Force of Nature and they do ancestral blends where they're actually blending in organ meats. That's going to really boost your iron, your B vitamins, your choline. We know this is all really important for genetic expression before you even get pregnant. So all that genetic expression is happening on the egg and sperm side three to four months before we get pregnant. So this is a good time to start almost acting as if you are pregnant Mm. and really preparing the body and building that nutrient storage 
So little swaps like that. I have a lot inside my course on my Instagram, but there's just so much we can do. And it's not about overhauling your diet and your lifestyle in one day. It's about the little changes that add up over time. Yeah, you say that your approach isn't about diets, restrictions, or rigid lifestyles. And I so connect with that because in my journey, as many of you might have heard, and if you haven't heard my story, I'll put it in the show notes, but in my kind of transformation to health and to getting off medication, I had to develop what I like to call my way of eating. And even so, as I'm sitting here thinking and listening to you, I'm like, yeah, I even have to kind of revamp my way of eating (laughs) because it's good and it's Mm -hmm. healthy and it's pretty clean, but I definitely have things that I need to, you know, put in there. And I think that what happens with a lot of people is I think we just get stuck into a habit and stuck into a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, at least what happens with me is it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I could, I didn't think that I could actually eat that instead, or I could actually snack on this. You just get into this rhythm. So hearing conversations like this, I think really help us to just take a step back and think about what we're doing daily and how we can make these small little swaps or adjustments. Totally. I think as women, we are emotionally attached to our food (laughs) and we can get really habitual and get really attached to certain things. And I do think that's why it's really helpful to go back to the science, learn what nutrients you need for fertility and pregnancy, and then you can start to figure out ways to sneak that into your diet. So that we're optimizing your overall diet and then we can cover any bases or gaps with supplements if we need to. Okay, so we've learned and done your course and we've read your book and all of these things and we've gotten our preconception journey nice and strong and our nutrition's on par or maybe it's not, who knows, but now we're in this pregnancy world and we have something called the glucose test coming up. Can you explain for us what is glucose testing? Yeah, so this is a common practice to see how well your body responds to glucose. It's a test that they use to measure risk factors for gestational diabetes, for example. But it's not a perfect test. And I don't think whether you're diagnosed or not is not going to determine the health of your baby. For every pregnant woman, it is important to balance their blood sugar, whether they're diagnosed or not. And I think we put a little bit too much confidence into this one test. Mm. My recommendation going back to being preventative is to get lab work done before you even get pregnant. I see it time and time again where women are pre-diabetic or they're kind of inching closer to pre-diabetic, but their doctor hasn't screened for it or hasn't warned them and then it manifests during pregnancy and we can prevent that so obviously gestational diabetes if it goes unmanaged that can be really problematic for the baby if you are diagnosed with gestational diabetes you should take a lot of confidence in the fact that your baby's not going to suffer so long as you manage your blood sugar so That just means for women that are diagnosed, they have to pay a little extra attention to their blood sugar, but it's important for everyone. And I would say getting your A1C looked at, this is an easy lab that your doctor can run. It's going to show you a three-month average of what your blood sugar has looked like. That's a really good way to kind of see, okay, is my A1C creeping up to 5.2, 5.3, 5.4? 
that's going to tell me that, okay, we need to maybe pull a little bit of sugar out of the diet, maybe try to work on building some muscle mass, look at your stress levels, look at your sleep. Sleep is huge for blood sugar and that a lot of women don't think about right. that, but bad circadian rhythm can just totally mess with our blood sugar levels. So making sure that we're kind of approaching it from all angles and going into pregnancy with that awareness instead of being naive and then getting that gestational diabetes diagnosis and being so defeated by it. It's really about we can take steps before pregnancy to minimize that risk altogether. And so just so I'm clear too, and bringing it back to basics, a glucose test is testing your blood sugar levels, correct? And then based off of where that lands on the spectrum, you could either be diagnosed with gestational diabetes or not, correct? Correct. And gestational diabetes, does that mean that after we have the baby, we might not have it anymore? Correct. Yeah. Um, I think the stats are about one in three women that have gestational diabetes will go on to develop type 2 diabetes. So you are more at risk for continuing, but it responds very well to diet and lifestyle. We're not predicting that, Mm -hmm. right? It's just a, this is a stat, a risk factor, but as long as you manage your lifestyle and your diet, you could definitely not develop type 2 diabetes. So I don't like to think that gestational diabetes means that you're just someone that doesn't have good blood sugar regulation and there's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely something you can do about it. And I've had clients with type 2 diabetes or prediabetes go into remission and bring their numbers down into healthy ranges just with diet and lifestyle without medication. Yeah, and especially though for those of us who have the opportunity as mamas in training and future moms, if we're able to make these changes and habits now, that's probably so less stressful than, you know, you're already diagnosed and now you're, it's possible, but you now you're trying to do this all. Now, I've heard about two different kinds of tests, like a one hour and a three hour. How does that work? Do you need both? What's that all about? Yeah, it really depends on if you're at risk. So there are certain risk factors that your doctor will take into consideration. It will also depend on how you do on the first test, if they need to retest you. And then it also depends on what country you live in. So there's different ways that different countries do it and different health standards. But I guess one tip I would have is you can ask your doctor if they have access or if you can bring in your own glucose test and it's called the fresh test and this test is a lot cleaner option they don't have any of the added ingredients that aren't so great for us like colors or and it's you're talking the about fresh test sorry to interrupt you you're talking about the actual thing that you consume before the test is that correct yeah it's the actual thing that you have to drink to then test your glucose. And this tastes more like a lemonade. Mm. And some doctors are open to using this. So that's definitely an option if you're looking for a cleaner, healthier option. Obviously, it's never fun to (laughs) just have that huge blood sugar spike because you're going to feel not so great. A lot of women feel nauseous. They feel a huge crash afterwards where they're they're feeling super low energy, they're having more sugar cravings. So if you are doing the glucose test, you 
can kind of prepare on the front end and then on the back end to help minimize just how bad you might feel from the test. So little tips that I like to say is if you don't have to go into the test fasted, some doctors are open to that. You could have a high protein, low carbohydrate breakfast beforehand to help just give you some base. Mm. You might actually respond better to the glucose as well. So so like we shouldn't have you know, a banana with peanut butter before we go in for our test. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blood sugar compounds. So that's a really good way to think about it. And it's also a really good idea. I had a client recently who, after her test, she was kind of walking the stairs at the hospital Mm. just to kind of burn off some of that glucose and bring her levels back down. That's healthy for you. That's healthy for the baby. She had a protein shake waiting in her car to have after the test. So doing a few little things like that can really help you on the day of. Now, the only thing that makes me wonder about that is if we are doing something different like so say every morning we have oatmeal with banana and peanut butter or something and we realize like oh that's probably going to be like really sugar heavy so maybe I shouldn't do that I should take Katie's recommendation and do you know maybe eggs and avocado or something now that's different from our norm is that going to screw up are we going to get an accurate reading if we do something and make a change like that? Yeah, you will still get an accurate reading. I mean, I guess one thing to consider is that this test isn't a 100% accurate science Mm -hmm. either. So we're just trying to get a baseline of how your blood sugar responds to a huge glucose spike. Is your body producing enough insulin to put away all that blood sugar in a healthy manner and store it where it needs to go? That's what they're trying to assess. So the breakfast beforehand, you don't need to worry about it throwing your numbers off too much because your body is hopefully able to put away that sugar in a healthy way. One thing that can give you a false reading is if you're, for some reason, say you were ketogenic before you got pregnant and then during pregnancy you decided to be following a very, very low-carb diet, you're getting maybe 50 or less grams of carbs a day, that means your body might react really poorly to the glucose test because it's not accustomed to even dealing with that many carbs Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So you might actually kind of get a false positive, like you don't actually have gestational diabetes, but they might diagnose you. And it's, that's why I say it's not a perfect Mm -hmm. test and you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt like and you have to be honest with yourself like have i been relying a little too much on the sugar and the carbs and could i start adding more protein more healthy fat more fiber to my diet is there room to improve then we can really start to play with that and figure out a solution that's going to work for you so now what if we don't pass what does that mean and and maybe they pass us on to the three-hour test and it's like okay now we're diagnosed What do you recommend that we do at that point? Yeah, so your doctor will help you if you do need any medication, for example. And I would definitely listen to your doctor's recommendations, but I wouldn't take the medication as a solving the problem. We really do want to get to the root cause. And so going back to understanding how blood sugar works, we're going to want to start to incorporate more lifestyle factors and more food that support 
healthy blood sugar. And so for that, I would say let's look at breakfast first because like the example you gave, even though that sounds like a healthy breakfast and we've been led to believe that's a nutritious breakfast, it is a lot of sugar and almost for everyone, you're going to have a huge spike and a huge insulin release from that breakfast. That isn't going to be supportive of healthy blood sugar levels over time. So if we can swap that out to maybe some sort of egg scramble, or maybe it's like a high protein pancake situation or a protein smoothie, or even like a chia seed pudding instead of the oats, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a much better option in the long run. Now, you had mentioned sort of getting an idea beforehand, maybe when we're a mama in training, about what our levels are and getting some nutrient testing. I've heard you speak on a specific kind of a test. What is that called, Mm. again, that we can ask for? Yeah, so there's one test that I really love to get before pregnancy, and that's the Genova Nutri-Eval. This is going to give you a really comprehensive look at your nutrient status going into pregnancy. And a lot of doctors aren't ordering this test. They're ordering kind of the basic blood chemistry that's going to show you your metabolic numbers, all of that good stuff. But this goes a level deeper and it's going to actually show you, am I getting too much omega-6 to omega-3? Are there heavy metals in my blood? Do I need more choline or vitamin D or iron, for example? So then we can start to correct ahead of pregnancy that's gonna be a really preventative approach. And that's one test I love. I also think it should be standard practice that everyone looks at their metabolic panel and their thyroid panel. And that's an easy test that your doctor can run for you. But unfortunately, a lot of doctors aren't looking at thyroid unless you're showing symptoms. And thyroid disorders or slow thyroids are a huge risk factor for miscarriage. So. If we can get ahead of that, we can prevent and minimize that risk. Certain methyl nutrients, which are needed for methylation. Methylation is the process that leads to genetic expression. The genetic expression that's happening before pregnancy, three to four months before, requires certain methyl nutrients to happen properly. So we wanna fuel healthy methylation, healthy genetic expression with things we're getting in our diet. So when it comes to finding methyl nutrients in the diet, you're gonna find that in animal protein, you're gonna find that in eggs, you're gonna find that in spinach. Spinach is a great source of folate. You'll find it in broccoli, you'll find it in peanuts, you'll find it in legumes. So there's a lot of different ways to get them naturally in the diet, but it really does come down to just eating a diverse, healthy, nutrient-dense diet, and then you're probably going to be getting enough methyl nutrients. I do think it's a good idea to start your prenatal vitamin three to four months before you start trying just to make sure even on a bad day, you're covering your bases. Mm -hmm. To me, it sounds like overall, if we really had to just simplify it down, it's eating real food that's well-rounded and If we'd like to take the next step forward, of course, asking for some of these different tests that we can get beforehand so we know what levels we're at before we even become pregnant and before we even try to conceive. 
I know that you work with people in your private coaching and a lot of your clients started asking for recipes. And so you've put together something called the Hello Balance Guide and Cookbook, and you also have Hello Balance as a digital resource. So can you share that a little bit more in case people want to dive further into this, which I highly recommend? Yeah, so my private coaching practice, it started just working with women one-on-one, and I found that I was tweaking a lot of recipes online or giving them my own recipes so that they could start implementing the tool of balancing their blood sugar at home and for their whole family because the whole family will benefit. So that's how the cookbook really came about is teaching the science of blood sugar and then giving you the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert recipes that are going to support blood sugar balance. So that's great for basically any woman at any stage. You could use it during pregnancy or you could use it before. You could use it if you're on a weight loss journey. The science of blood sugar balance, you're going to get way more nutrients in your diet and you're going to benefit from the metabolic healthy thing you're doing for your body of just balancing your blood sugar. So this is going to be great for you for long-term health. And then from there, I took it a step further and I developed a course for prenatal nutrition specifically. So if you're in the fertility phase, I do have a free guide that I want to mention because that's a really good resource if you just want to start diving in and get started, whether you're a year or two out. I think the further you get out, the better because you have more time Mm -hmm. to just start learning and making different swaps. But if you're three to four months out, we can go all in. We can really dive in and you can also decide if you want to sign up for the course. And in the course, I'm really holding your hand every step of the way so that you feel really confident about the food you're eating because we know based on the science that what you eat during pregnancy, it affects your baby's brain development that can lead to changes in their IQ, their emotional intelligence, their social skills, behavior, creativity, so many things. So the science is very, very interesting. It all comes back to honoring your body, feeling really educated, feeling really supported and confident. And I think that is what can help any woman on her journey during pregnancy to feel nourished, feel healthy, and then have the healthiest, strongest, smartest little baby possible. (laughs) And I would say take it one day at a time. Know that if you do get diagnosed with gestational diabetes, it's not the end of the world. You 100% still have control over how that manifests for your baby. And you can make certain changes that make sure your baby is at no greater risk than if you hadn't been diagnosed at all. So don't feel like this is some sort of sentence that your baby is not going to have great metabolic health or you might have delivery complications. That's not the case. This is a really good chance to feel motivated and excited to make healthy habits and make healthy changes where you can. One day at a time. Making any kind of diet changes can be overwhelming. Believe me, I know. You can feel deprived frustrated, and left out. But finding smart swaps and slowly adjusting is the key to change. And if you have the ability to start now, then it won't feel like your whole world is changing all at once, or like it's too late. 
I hope Katie's insight into the world of glucose testing, gestational diabetes, and how to regulate your blood sugar gives you comfort in knowing that you can make a difference and you have much more control than it might feel like. These changes can impact your life at any stage, not just throughout pregnancy and birth. And my goal today was to empower you to take just one small step toward the awareness of blood sugar balance. You know, the best part about Mamas in Training, and I'm sure you could finish my sentence, is that you don't have to do this alone. (laughs) By joining us today in the Mamas in Training free Facebook community, you will get support, accountability, and encouragement from women who've been diagnosed with gestational diabetes, from women who are currently struggling with it, or who are working to make changes just like you. It's as simple as clicking on the link in the show notes, answering a couple quick questions, and joining us today. You can put up a post asking for accountability, and we'll be here to share recipes, to lift you up, and to make sure that you are the healthiest and happiest you that you can be to support this upcoming pregnancy. Oh, and before I forget, Katie is gracious enough to give away one free, yes, I said free, Hello Baby Prenatal Nutrition course, a value of $197 to one lucky winner within this first week of release of this episode. It's only during this first week, so you have to act today. All you have to do is follow us on Instagram, head on over to at Mamas in Training Pod, P-O-D, and that's M-A-M-A-S in Training, P-O-D, and follow the rules listed in the post to submit yourself into the giveaway. Remember, the giveaway closes this Friday, October 7th at midnight, so get your name in there. And remember, we're in this together. If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.